I don't want to interrupt. I'll just get started on the apocalypse. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Mike. And, and together, together, we are Throwaway Lines. Lines. This week, we wanted to talk about something a little creepy. It's very creepy and unsettling, <laughs> but full of lots of cool symbolism. Yes, well, it's meant to be unsettling, and I think yes. the director, Darren Aronofsky, did an excellent job of amping up the anxiety over time in the film until everything just hits the fan that's right and uh, of course we're talking about mother exclamation point <laughs> um it's just a fantastic movie that like carrie said is filled with symbolism and in order to truly understand all of the tiny little um insights mm-hmm. and inside things you really truly have to watch it um for yourself um, for those of you who have watched it, watch it again, because there were things that I missed, and I've seen this movie probably 12 times, and I missed some things. That's a lot of emotional uh, trauma you're subjecting yourself to. I know, watches. but it's so good. Oh, my. Um, which, I don't understand why it got 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's such a good movie. You do, you do strike me as you want to go into people's homes and, like, lobby with them over this cause. <laughs> a little, just a little bit. Totally. Totally. <laughs> why do you think I chose it? I know. I know. Well, you wanted to convert me, because I'm usually very freaked out by horror, traditional horror stuff, but this is not really horror at all but i understand they needed to kind of scare people off literally and figuratively yes because otherwise they would not be prepared for the punch that this packs yes and that is truly a great um description of what happens at the end of this film the last 20 minutes are terrifying and anxiety inducing it did really uh because one of my favorite films is children of men yeah and it really did have that nightmare horror quality um, not horror, not horror, horror, but just horrific behavior. Yes. And the assault from all sides as civilization just falls to pieces around you. Yes. Now, for those of you who have never seen this movie, not to spoil anything, but I kind of have to in order to talk about this right. movie. So. There's a twist. Yes. <laughs> and the twist is, is that Jennifer Lawrence's character, Mother, is both essentially Mother Earth mm-hmm. and Mother Nature. As well as Mother Mary. She's um, a little bit of everything, that yes. woman. Yes. Um, and her husband, also known as Capital H Him in the film, mm-hmm. um, in the credits, yes. uh, is God, essentially. But this is not explained to you on the nose. You kind of have to watch the movie to figure it out for yourself. And then there's a lot of things that you can kind of take away. Uh, one of the working titles for this film was Sixth Day, mm-hmm. which is going back to the Christian and uh, Judaism, where on the sixth day, uh, humanity had dominion over the earth, which right. really does happen pretty quickly. Yes, and, <laughs> and dramatically. Yes. Um, and, and like Carrie has said multiple times, the symbolism in this movie is amazing. Mm. There are representations of the Bible throughout. Yes. But also a little bit of what religion has done to us as a society. And I think what humans have done to the earth. Yes. It certainly yes. did seem to be kind of a, some sort of environmental love letter in there too. Yeah, yeah, like a call to action. Yes. Um to please please save our planet. Stop assaulting it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. in the beginning of the movie, I would have to say it kind of starts slow, you yes. know, we're introduced to the characters, their beautiful home, the innocence of their relationship, mm-hmm. but very quickly you find out that the man in the relationship is a bit of a dick. He just very gaslighty and 
neglectful and dismissive. Just kinda, yeah. It just kind of is like, yeah, whatever. Nah, 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 yeah. Whatever. And you, you, you soon find out that he is a writer. Yes. And he has been struggling to write for some time. Um, and she's creating this home as a cocoon for him to write in. Yes. So she's presumably, this is her whole existence now is rooted in what he's got going on or doesn't. Right. How can I help? And the home in, a, in and of itself is quite the character. Um, there are several scenes in the movie where she touches the walls and sees a beating heart in the walls. Yes. Also, there are some hidden spaces mm-hmm. in the basement that kind of represent her anxiety. And, and the furnace. And anger. And then yes. the furnace, which is like her ultimate representation of her emotions. Yes. And the fire of uh, both her passion and kind of uh, destruction. Yeah, yeah, because she starts out as this very innocent woman mm-hmm. who is kind of trampled on by the, this man. Yeah, he's, and uh, when we have this other man and woman that come in, and we'll be talking about that more, um, but when they kind of come onto the scene, she's like, why the hell do you keep inviting people over here? Like, you didn't even talk to me. Right. And I'm here. Right. And uh, and he very obviously shows more appreciation towards those guests. Right. Over her. Right. And there are there is a lot of that in some cultures where the guest is kind of valued above maybe the people you're hanging out with every day and your mm-hmm. family. But you start to see this people maybe not treating the house uh, as you should if you are a good guest. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this theme in literature called the guest host bond, and uh, the Adam and Eve characters. Spoiler. Um, they're they're a little bit uh, less nice to the house, but they're still kind of within the within the strains of that. But then their children, right off the bat, uh, break every rule. <laughs> yes, like murdering someone. Yes, like yes. murdering, yeah, one, one another right in somebody else's house the second you get there. Right, exactly. What fun. Uh, um, they certainly seem to have had it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so going back to the Adam and Eve idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so this man shows up in the, in the middle of the night, and he's welcomed as a guest. And we're shown some very interesting scenes of him, like, coughing up blood in the toilet naked yeah. with, like, a wound in his side. And the guy, uh, like, her husband is there and is like, go away, it's fine, go away, it's fine. And I was like, why does he have to be naked? He was he showed up fully clothed. Mm-hmm. And he had an incision on his side. And presumably, there, there are two versions of the Adam and Eve story. Um, one of which, it's just... Bop, they were both right there. Adam, Eve, humankind, all in one encompassing box. Right. And then this version uh, that is used in this, which is Adam shows up first, and then there's some like organ taking, and then a rib. Yes, right. But there are some discarded parts in this movie. Yes, which we'll uh, talk from, about in a little from bit. From the transfer. <laughs> so then you've got, boom, boom, Adam was here. And then like 24 hours later, boom, boom, Eve is here. And she shows up at the door and she's expertly played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, she was so compelling. So good. Um, and she really, I hate to say it, she's kind of a mean person. She's a bit of a bitch. But she's also pretty knowing, which is interesting because she's actually younger than mother. Mm. Um if we're just going by chronology. Right. Uh, but I think she, uh, there's this line from a Doctor Who episode I was watching the other day <laughs> that kind of came into my mind, which is uh, like, listen to the mayflies. Mayflies only live for a day, but you have to get your entire life out in that time. And maybe that's why Eve seems to be um, very knowledgeable 
as opposed to the mother figure. Right. Because she only has this short lifespan as opposed to Mother Earth. Yes. Um, So I did just want to drop this this line in quick. This is going to be less lines than we usually do because this movie is mostly symbolism and less dialogue. Yeah, there's a lot of quiet action scenes. Yes, and just you have to infer it um, from what's going on. But this is one of Mother's lines, and she says, I want to make a paradise. Yeah. They yeah. are pretty explicit. When you go back, once you once you know the twist, going back and looking at everything, you're like, well, that was that was pretty clear. Yeah, and it's also pretty <laughs> clever, because yes. when you're first watching it and you don't really know what's going on, mm-hmm. it's cleverly hidden under subtext and right. symbolism and themes that you don't quite grasp yet. And then by the end of the movie, it's like yes. on the nose, in your face. This is what's going on. Yes. And it, oh, just the the way mm-hmm. that the director and writer ramp up the anxiety yes. to the last few moments of the film. When I first watched it, I was so taken aback. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Darren Aronofsky to begin with. But when I first watched mm-hmm. it, the anxiety that I was experiencing, it literally made me cry for yeah. this character. Because she is so innocent and she gets taken advantage of and literally assaulted yes, by many the world. Times, many times. Yes. And, I mean, it's just horrific what happens yeah. at the end of the movie. And I really, I do want to bring this up, too, because we talked about this before. But um, The Yellow Room, if you've ever read it in school, mm, which yes. I read it and it made a big impression on me. And so then when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, my God, it's The Yellow Room. Because in that story, uh, it's a woman and her husband... This is back in the time of uh, people believing female hysteria was a thing. Mm-hmm. So if you were a woman and going through a mental health crisis, you would go on like a rest vacation kind right. of thing. If you were wealthy, this is for wealthy people. You know, normal people are not allowed to have mental health crises. Mm-hmm. So they went to this house. The house was basically destroyed. Destroyed. It wasn't in great shape. There were gouges on the floor. The wallpaper was tattered. Um, everything was kind of falling apart and it is like this gutted house when she and her husband first arrive in this film Um, because they do kind of do a flashback to that yes and there's also this theme in the yellow room about yellow which is of course a color associated with madness you see it in lovecraftian Mm -hmm. uh, themes the yellow king yes you see it in the yellow room and in the yellow room it's also accompanying kind of a mental health crisis being kind of gaslit by society which certainly is a major theme in mother yes oh yes Yes. so i just wanted to point that out (laughs) um but there's just there are some lines that i'd like to bring up that are just so clever and passing and they are so throwaway Mm -hmm. um so the the uh, family of the cain and abel characters are holding a funeral Uh, for the boy that was murdered in the home by the other boy by the other boy but you're grown men they are grown men they're talking about them like they're five right right and then they were they come in and they're like well i can you're very tall (laughs) (laughs) i can look up at you (laughs) so they're having a funeral and all these people start showing up and the people do not have any respect for the home they're like we're just coming in we're gonna put the stuff in the kitchen we're gonna sit on your sink and they keep sitting on the sink that's not bolted to the wall yet (laughs) right which is a clever analogy for something but Mm -hmm. we'll get to that yes Um, um, so there, this person walks up to Mother, and Mother is like, what are you doing here? Yeah, why are you here? Why are you here? And and the guy looks at her, and he says, why are any of us here, right? 
<laughs> which I think in when you're first yeah. watching, you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But when you watch it again, it's the human condition. It's right. like we don't know what our purpose here is right. in in this house. Right. You know, on this earth. <clears throat> and the so, house is a symbol for the world. That's right. why she keeps seeing these beating organs in the walls. She is the house. She is the avatar outside the house. Right. She is both of them. So that is why when something happens with her husband that upsets her, there's often this pan into the walls and you see the heart kind of stop beating mm-hmm. and blacken and harden and kind of die for yeah. a moment. That also happens as sin, the concept of sin, yes. is slowly injected into the home. She starts to have visions of like the floorboards turning black mm-hmm. and things like that. But oh. um, oh, go ahead. Oh, and there's the hole from where Cain and Abel, uh, when Abel was murdered, the hole seems to sort of go away for a while. Um, and then it reverts, and it's bleeding. It's still bleeding. That that hole, that wound never really closes, and it's this grody-looking thing that's somewhere in between what wood looks like if it's rotting and, like, what a human wound looks like. Yeah. You know what that screamed to me? And we haven't talked yeah. about this yet. Yeah. This ozone layer, like, hole hmm. in the ozone layer, which obviously I don't think that was its intention. It was more right. of a, a physical representation of sin or well and death death especially death or you know murder the the you know the injustices of mankind Mm -hmm. upon the earth or upon each other um but for some reason that kept coming up in Hmm. my head every time we saw it and it's interesting because i don't think you could actually see the hole in the ozone right right but it's for you that's a symbol also yeah another great point that i had realized last night Mm -hmm. watching it again mother has this need to throw things that she doesn't agree with physically right. behind other things like the mm. sexy quote-unquote panties yeah she threw them behind the washing machine like the lighter she mm. knocks it off behind right. the dresser let's just get it out of reach right out and, of sight right out of sight out of mind sweep right. it under the rug and then also the rug over the bloody gaping hole and the panties were yellow too yes yes the hysteria over not having children or like the right does she want anguish. kids does she right. not want kids is that uh, I thought personally when I was watching the panty stealing scene mm-hmm. that she was maybe saving them for when these people leave and maybe she would like steal this woman's panties and then like use them as her own. See, I did not see that. I that saw. Way. I saw that it was kind of like putting a bookmark in a book. Where we might revisit this later. <laughs> That's kind of because yeah. I don't think she made up her mind about it. Right. It was like a maybe situation. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. That was just my impression. Um, but this is the only movie that will make you ask, what was the toilet monster? I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the film, yes. you're watching, and she's just kind of, she walks into the bathroom, mm-hmm. and the faucet is left on, which is a great allegory for, you know, wasting water right. and, and the lack of environmental conservation mm-hmm. by the guests in the home. Um, but then the toilet starts to overflow and she starts to plunge the toilet. Yeah. And all of a sudden this like slightly tentacled flesh ball. It's disgusting. Kind of pokes its head out of the drain yeah. of the toilet. And then as she's like staring at it, it squirts blood into the water. Yeah. And then like down the toilet it goes. I kind of thought it was kind of leftover parts from the creation of humanity and maybe uh, the animals. You know, there's a lot of parts of creation that we kind of think about in our imagination but i think people don't think about like if you're building a car sometimes you have more parts than you necessarily need to fit into that particular model Hmm. um so maybe this is the 
or you know organic life version of that and it's super gross it is it is i will agree with that um there was also it was interesting because it's a victorian house that they used for the setting um and i think i did actually read something that darren uh had read had a started kind of trying to make the house work as far as the symbolism of this allegory for the earth. So there are eight sides to the house. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of using it for more like the seven sides of uh, the seven days. And actually there were, once the actual apocalypse that kind of, we had that foreshadowing and that opening line from starts happening. um, There are seven settings that they had to keep the, the crew had to keep changing between. Um, oh, so there was wow. like the uh, military camp where they were executing people. There were all sorts. It was just a horror of humanity. Yeah. All of the genocide, all of that happening in this one space. But it was so interesting to see them shift from scene to scene to scene. And all of the scenes are bad, mm-hmm. but there were seven of them that apparently uh, they would kind of change, even if it was like over time. Um, so that was a part, apparently part of the plan. Yeah. And one of the great lines that, uh, came from those scenes, um, was why are you doing this? Mother screams it to a gentleman who is ripping the, Mm -hmm. um, edging off of a door and it's a native American man. And he looks at her and he yells back proof. We were here, which is such a human thing to do, especially in any day and age. They used to take a. If you went to Stonehenge back in the day, like 200 years ago or so, or mm-hmm. I think it maybe even before that, they would give you a, a hammer and chisel so you could to take, take part a of it piece. home. Yeah. yeah, you could take part of Stonehenge home, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of a similar line, though, um, when the people are starting to make a mess of the house and mother and her husband are talking. And she said, stop, they're ruining everything. And he says, these are just things. They can be replaced. Yeah, in a very... Very blasé. Yeah, quote-unquote God-like manner. Yeah, he doesn't yes. care. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He cares more about the people, and the people subvert what he truly believes right. and makes it their own, and it ends up becoming, you yeah. know, just, like you said, genocide and murder. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and I believe there was even a scene that was devoted to sex trafficking. Yeah, yeah. I think there was definitely in there. Just um, the injustices of humanity. I thought it was interesting, too, that you did get this, he's supposed to be this writer, which we've all known, like, the narcissistic person, that you come across at, like, a bar or something. Remember bars? They were fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, pandemic, pandemic gloom. Um, But when you would come across somebody and they have a very high opinion of themselves and their work, and they meet a gushing fan, which, of course, Adam is, mm-hmm. which is interesting um, to see that kind of relationship between the maker and the product yeah. and that admiration that translates to this famous author, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But um, that narcissism, like you just can't you can't unpack that. Any but other it kind way. of it kind of transfers yeah. down a little bit mm-hmm. to what the, the actually the characters in the credits are called the zealot. Yes. Yes. Um, the zealot has a line where he is saying to him, mm-hmm. the the husband. He says, "I just feel that these words, well, I feel that they were written for me." Yes. Which is essentially the narcissistic way that some people take 
anything that's written and make mm-hmm. it seem like it was written just for them and they kind of form it to their own needs mm-hmm. or requirements. And it's it's also we love texts, you and I. Mm-hmm. Um we love words. We love when you find that, you know, favorite uh, tome or like play or whatever mm-hmm. that does feel like it's perfectly yeah. it's perfectly formatted to your worldview mm-hmm. so that was kind of interesting to play with as well yeah well i think that's a great time for us to take a break absolutely we'll be right back see you soon if you have a favorite book movie tv show play or any other cool medium that you'd like us to explore uh, you can send us an email to throwawaylines079 at gmail.com. That's throwawaylines079 at gmail.com. Thanks for reaching out. Watch me. Yes, and coming back, I wanted to jump right into a fascinating line that he, with a capital H, the husband, delivers to some guests in reference to his wife, mother. He says, and then I met her, and she breathed life back into every room. She she redid all of it, every last detail, Mm. which is, again, allegory for the fact that mother is the planet yes and that him or he is god and he is creating life and everything you know that's attached to life on her you know what yeah. i mean Which through is her through her yeah yeah through her's better that's i guess a, that's a better, I, it's, it's it's strange it's odd because you're personifying two mm-hmm unpersonifiable things right I feel. and it's it's interesting too because there's a lot of coldness with him when yeah. it comes to her uh he's kind of numb to it mm-hmm. and one of the ways that i i thought was particularly striking was the uh the glass gem on the pedestal in his study which no one's allowed into yeah, if he's yeah. not there and instead of eve uh, michelle pfeiffer's character um taking an apple that was forbidden uh, the study was forbidden to anyone that was that when you weren't around him. Um, and Eve snuck in there and took off this gem and then crystal. dropped it. Well, crystal. crystal. <laughs> why, why is a crystal not a gem? Are I, I just gems feel like crystals it's, and vice versa? I just feel like crystal is a better description of what it was. Well, okay. Anyway, <laughs> whatever you like to call it. I call it uh, the heart gem, yes. or the heart crystal, yeah. whichever you prefer. Um, and she accidentally shatters it yeah, yeah and i think that was the point where um i kind of figured out where that was going to come back in mm-hmm. um just the foreshadowing i've got like that english major <laughs> like spidey sense of You're like good at it <laughs> well that's i don't know it's just an instinct it's and it turned out to pay off um because once the home and mother were so ravaged beyond any hope of survival um, there, the heart crystal, if you will. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm like, what are you calling? Okay. Um, it did. It does come up as a plot point. Uh, yes. With with him. 
Uh, and that, we don't want to spoil too yeah, much, yeah. but it spoil, definitely comes back around. We're definitely spoiling the uh, movie. We're spoiling a lot, I mean, yeah, but, you know. But, yeah, we're not getting to that quite yet, but I just did want to kind of encapsulate that in there because I thought that was an interesting departure from the from Adam the and story, Eve story. Yeah. Yes. yeah, no, you're right. That is a good point. Um, another great interaction that occurs between Michelle Pfeiffer's Eve mm. and Jennifer Lawrence's mother um, is that that sounds strange Jennifer yeah, Lawrence's mother <laughs> she's, it's it's also interesting because she looks so much younger than Michelle Pfeiffer and Michelle Pfeiffer gets like bitchy about it and yeah catty. yeah but uh she is actually older than her yeah technically right <laughs> yes and um, she's sassing her yes <laughs> well they have this great like almost confrontation yes. with each other where um it's at the funeral that we had mentioned earlier for the son yeah for, for Abel for the son and mother walks up to Michelle Pfeiffer's Eve and she says, I am so sorry. And uh, she says, I wish I could understand. And Michelle Pfeiffer looks at her and says, no, you can't understand. Never having a child. You give and you give and you give. It's just never enough. And the level of bitchy irony there... And shit, yeah. She's just shoveling the shit. Is because Mother <laughs> is essentially the mother of all these people... Everything. ...in the home that represents right. the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, and here is this woman who is really nobody in the context of all these other people. Well, every, she's just one of many. Right. Well, she was the first woman, She was the I first suppose. woman, yes. But in reality, it's just another human being. And right. she's telling off Mother Earth. Like, yeah. you yeah. don't understand. I lost my son. But like, I think Adam just ignored Mother throughout the yeah, entire thing, pretty yeah. much. So it's, Everybody's really dismissive or violent. Or both. At the same time. Yes. <laughs> or why are you mad at me because I'm assaulting you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think what's yeah. really great is that there is this shift halfway mm-hmm. through the movie in Jennifer Lawrence's character. Yes. In the very beginning, it's it's clear that she is Mother Earth. Right, to... she's just nurturing the world. Right. And to Har- Javier Bardem's God. Like, yes. it's th- those two parts are very clear to the viewer. But then there's this, like, bright light after mm-hmm. they make love, and she becomes pregnant, and immediately you can tell, if you're paying attention, she becomes Mother Mary. Mm. Um, and her role kind of changes a little bit. She's this protective mother of this baby that's growing right. inside of her. And also Javier Bardem's character changes a little yeah. bit too from Old Testament God to New Testament God. He's a little God. bit nicer. A little bit, a tiny just, bit. Just enough. Yeah. Um, and, and you start to see the effects mm. of his writing, which he eventually does create this piece. Right. And things just start to go downhill fast. I do just want to go back to a quote from before the pregnancy. Okay. With with Michelle Pfeiffer, her Eve and a mother, which was like this whole thing. If you're around, if you've ever been around somebody who is maybe more sexually knowledgeable than you, and they're kind of making you feel it mm-hmm. um, and feel inadequate, that's, it was so, I didn't even think of a, a scene like this before, but I feel like everyone's had this play out in some version in their personal life. Sure. Um, whether it's like when you're 10 and you find out how babies are made, and you're like, wait, what now? Like you're lying to me. <laughs> That's that so gross. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't make any sense. I know they come from belly buttons. I can't, they come from birds. <laughs> There's a stork and you know it. But um, there is this, like she is lofting it right over mother. Yeah. And again, the chronology... It's interesting because I guess 
if you think about it, age does not necessarily make for experience. Mm -hmm. And just because Eve looks like she's older than mother doesn't mean anything. Right. But we've got this condescending scene um, where Javier Badem's character had mentioned, oh, we want kids. We want kids, but just not really having the time um, for them. And uh, she had kind of clocked this look that mother had given right which was kind of like panic Mm -hmm. um which you know you've seen couples where one of them has said something without consulting the other one on how they feel about it in a public place and then seeing that play out (laughs) so she was just being very perceptive so she asks uh she kind of corners her afterwards in the house and asks her why don't you want kids excuse me (laughs) i saw you reacted earlier I know what it's like when you're just starting out and you think you have all the time in the world and, you know, you're not going to be so young forever. Have kids. Then you'll be creating something together. This is all just setting. And then she's kind of observing her face a little more. Oh, you do want them. Yeah. Because she thought she was trying to convert somebody to... Who didn't want kids to having them. And but all she's of a sudden, just... there's this this revelation that she does want kids, and right. perhaps it's Javier Bardem's character, him, that yes. ne- doesn't necessarily want them. And he likes the idea of them more than he actually right. likes them. Exactly. Which, they don't talk. They just don't ever talk. Right. Her and her husband just do not And there's an excellent line, which, for the sake of our children listeners, I will not repeat. We have children listeners? I, we I have a lot know. of cursing, man. <laughs> well, you know, Mother's character, fine, I'll just let it out there. Mother's character says to him, you know, you won't even talk to me, let alone fuck me. Right. And right after that point, mm-hmm. they do end up having sex on the stairs, right. and there's this bright flash of light, and that is when her character shifts. She wakes up, and right away, she knows that she's pregnant. She knows immediately as, they're, as soon as they're done sex and yeah that she is so pregnant. she's pregnant and he's yeah. like well how do you know and she's like because i do yeah because she's mother right um and that's when the character shifts happen and it's so ingeniously well done you mm-hmm. don't even notice it really um unless you're truly paying attention um and then people start more and more people start so showing up to people. the house so many people yeah. there are people like peeing in the, her house out of nowhere. In the sinks, and like, in all the sinks. Yeah, all the sinks everywhere. Yeah. There's like a homeless man that's like, I'm going to lay down here and take a nap I for a while. I need to take a nap, yeah. And she's like, you can't sleep here. This is my house. And he's like, oh, this is your house. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, like, and it you're, is... you're, you start to get a little uncomfortable at that point. I got like, a lot of anxiety. What's going on? I had so much anxiety because just everything's getting slightly broken. And then as it goes on, everything's getting horrifically beyond repair yeah. broken and in terms of of filmmaking and artistry there's these layers of not only what's happening mm-hmm. but the soundtrack the yes. sound effects what you're the seeing mixing. the yeah. mixing yeah like it went from you know there's a there's a tussle like a small little big there's a fight yeah yeah and then all of a sudden you hear like techno music and you look over and there's a rave in her yeah. living room yeah like and then all of a sudden she runs into another room and there's like a religious they're like banging drums yeah. and shaking bells and, and I thought the the whole thing with uh, putting the iconography on the poles was fascinating mm. um for like the parade part of it yeah. because I feel like I'm part Italian and that's still a big part of uh yeah. when I see scenes from religious festivals in Italy there's still a lot with those kind of uh the icons on the pol- on the sticks 
being brought about. And even in Utica, we have the St. Cosmos and Damian Festival mm-hmm. yeah. um, each year, um, which that is part of it. Is, right. That's essentially yeah. what you see. Yeah. Um, just the buildup. My mm-hmm. point is the buildup to the last 20 minutes is yes. so intense. And then you get this breather. You right. get this short breather where... They finally get upstairs. Right, into the, this room, and, like, everything goes quiet. And it's yes. just the two of them. And she has had the baby now. Mm-hmm. She's holding the baby. And he's like, give me my baby. She's like, no. Because she does, she knows that he will just give it away, like, everything else that they have kind of been living in. Right. He, he has no scruples about what could happen to this child. He just wants the admiration of these people. Exactly. And if you haven't been paying attention, obviously this is a representation of the Christ child um, that she's just given birth to. And he keeps saying, you know, they just want to see him. They just want to see him. They just want to see him. Right. So finally she falls asleep. Which was going to happen inevitably. Right. And he steals the baby and brings it out into the crowd in the house. And it goes very badly. Very very badly which Um, it's much more brutal um even with the you know everything surrounding jesus christ and what is widely talked about at easter yeah and all that because you that's at least a grown man right it's not palatable newborn infant this is a newborn baby that's a few days old and yeah it's just not even like hours old Oh, I thought it was kind of a few days. No, I thought I think, that because the blood like, had been cleared away on her face and it looked oh, like it had healed true. somewhat. So I thought it had been like Maybe three or was. four days. Maybe it was. Yeah, passage of time is kind of iffy. Yeah, no, you're so. right. It is. But I mean, just the visualization of what, what these people do to this baby yeah, it's just, is terrifying. Yeah. And, and it was one of the things that really gave me the maximum amount of anxiety mm-hmm. and caused me to have such a visceral emotional right. reaction. Well, uh, and this movie. she's put so much work into, like, making sure that this child made it in the first place because mm-hmm. it was hard to even get to that safe space where she gave birth. And I think it might have been the study. Yeah. It seems like it's I the study. Right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that it also kind of became the studio to that baby's creation, right. that Jesus figure in this. One of the things that I wanted to bring up that follows that the mm-hmm. scene we just described is the people in the home. Yes. after the baby scene, physically eat of the body of Christ. Yeah. And you can kind of picture what that means in the film. Um, but it's so on the nose and so darkly represented. And it's really messed up. That if again, you don't understand what's going on by that point, like you you're not do. watching the movie. <laughs> well, I don't know. I felt like I really started to, like there was no mistaking it. Because I knew it was an allegory going in. That was That part had been kind of, the twist had been revealed as far as the allegory went. But as soon as uh, Cain killed Abel, that's where I'm like, boom, we got it. Here right. we go. Right. Because I'm like, I know exactly what everybody is in this context. Um, but you forget about the rest of humanity after kind of the original family when it comes to biblical things. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy because you're like, oh, they're just people. Right. And they do things. <laughs> but we don't really think about the things that they do, right. which is the horrific genocide wars all sorts of, I think we were talking about possibly even sex trafficking was in one Scene. aspect of yeah, that, which yeah. is just crazy. Um, and it's all just happening so fast. Um, I can't imagine what it was like to film any of those scenes. And how long you'd have to be in that house on that set 
kind of going through just for that short yeah uh like scene added together one thing i wanted to ask you that i had not asked mm-hmm. you before we recorded yes uh was in the movie towards the end of the film when she's absolutely freaking out she's like get out of my yes. house get out of my house yes every time she screams there's this shaking effect yes. in the film and it, that reminded me of like tectonic plates mm. almost like yeah. the earth was shaking right all in the, anger all the catastrophes done uh, mm-hmm. to kind of give warning to the people right right and and th- there's already been this allegorical flooding of the, and the home. plague yeah the, the plagues bugs, right yeah. so she is capable of destruction yes even if it is caused by man himself mm-hmm. um so you can kind of see the the quote-unquote apocalypse coming yes um which also, before we get to the yeah. end, uh, Kristen Wiig. Wig. Is it Wig or Wig? Wig. Is it Wig? Kristen Wig. My apologies. Uh, I funny. love her, it's though. It's a funny pronunciation, it though. Is. I think it's a funnier one. I adore her. She yeah. she makes an appearance in this film, yes. and her character is called the Herald. Yes, and she is basically the book agent for uh, him. him. Yeah, which is interesting because you think about those kind of characters as they're portrayed, and they're usually kind of funny and like they're very good at the social side um Mm -hmm. and maybe less good at the caring about the details side right as far as the book itself but her performance she's wonderful in this film is terrifying and i think it is because she's (laughs) so kind of quippy matter of fact um and then her just like executing people yeah and it's very nonchalant just shooting people on the floor just yeah and then she sees mother and she comes for her. Oh, the inspiration. Where have you been hiding? Killer. Killer. <laughs> oh, God, and I think so it's good. because she is that, usually that bubbly, charming, funny, fast-witted persona. Right. So having that still in this and then that dark edge coming out, right. it's terrifying. And she's somewhat vacant, though. She's yes. so plastic and vacant yes. and just like a representation of an idea rather than a character. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So eventually we get to the end where mm-hmm. the true representation of apocalypse is carried out. Yes. Um and you know, I just have to say it's carried out by mother. It's yes. like the earth. But it's also done to her. She does it to herself. It's yeah. it hurts her and kills her in in the end. Right. But does she actually die because she's still alive at so, the end of the film? I have some thoughts. Yeah. Um so I just do want to say this line which is happening at the end. Um, and she's just basically charred to a crisp. All that furnace, uh, the furnace kind of throws we had seen in the cinematography in the beginning kind of makes sense because every time she gets mad, she either discover, you know, happens upon the furnace or thinks of the furnace and they show it. And it shows that kind of destructive side of passion, of love. Mm-hmm. And so she is just charred beyond you knowing that it's J-Law other than you've been watching the movie the whole time. Right. And he is carrying her, and she's just demanding to know what what the hell are you? What are you? What am I? What is this? Mm-hmm. Because the she had kind of been living it as as a, as an avatar. Right. She was a woman. He was the man. They were together. It was their relationship. What they built together. And then this destruction, this apocalypse, is just far greater than anything than either of them I think planned on. And so it makes her finally realize, well, we're not like those other people that we encountered, but they thought they were. Um, So she asks him, what are you? Him, me. I am I. You, you were home. 
where are you taking me? The beginning. And then there's this whole scene where that uh, heart crystal from before, uh, she's like, I have nothing left to give. And then he takes her heart, which has this gem buried deep in the organic part of it. Yeah, and actually I think you have another... Yes. Yeah, yeah, please read that one. That's very sure. good. Uh, this is another one from that, that section. I think it's a little bit predating that, actually, in mm-hmm. that scene. Um, him, when she's trying to leave the house, she's just trying to get the hell out of this. She wants nothing to do with anything that's happened. Stop, stop, don't, 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 please don't. I love you. And then she says, you never loved me. You just loved how much I loved you. I gave you everything. You gave it all away. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And and I, I feel that there's this other layer that we haven't even mentioned of motherhood. Yes. Of, like, mothers who raise children. They mm-hmm. give a piece of themselves to those children in order to make them better people, to make them who they will eventually become as an adult. You're certainly giving, like, almost a year of your life and just the creation. Right. Which is... You and know. then the rearing is, yeah. you know, it's a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and I give a lot of credit to mothers. It's a hard job. Parents, but but mothers have mothers to carry the child. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mothers yeah. have it rough. They yeah. do. I, I understand that it's a it's a mm-hmm. two person thing, but mothers right. carry the child. It's... Mothers, you know, breastfeed. Mothers, right. it's on the mother. Or not. Yeah. But, you know, but I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, it, na- mothers naturally have more responsibility right. than a man. Because it's your body, and right. this child is in your body. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a love letter to Mike's mom. <laughs> yes, hey. for real. I love you, mom. Um, so yeah, no, there's this there's this mm-hmm. other layer of that's not it's very subtle, you know, yes. but it's there. It's there. It's and necessary. I just yeah. think overall this film is a beautiful piece of art. You don't see movies like this no. these days. It's normally like you're, you know, coming this summer. It's an action flick. Right. I've got knives for hands. <laughs> Actually, no, that's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, that right. was not an action flick. But right. there might be, a, there was a, there was that one action flick where the woman had like a machine gun leg. So I guess oh, it would be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, so like guns for it's like, I'm going to shoot guns and, you know, we're going to save the babes. Like this movie, yeah. is, it's supposed to speak to you. It's supposed yeah. to tell you something. You're supposed to take something away from mm-hmm. it and maybe even learn. And I think that that is very unique in this day and age. Absolutely. And I believe uh, there was another line that you wanted to include. Um, it's just at the very end. And uh, it's actually the same. It's I do like how this plays out. It's the cycle of before. Um, the opening is of Jennifer Lawrence, and she looks around. She reaches next to her. There's no him there. Mm-hmm. And she just asks to no one a particular baby. Right. And this is after he has taken her heart, that crystal, um, and... And brought Presumably, light back into the world. Yes, she, in this new art incarnation that looks different from J-Law, uh, has now brought the house back to life. And this new version of a, J- of a mother uh, looks around as the same thing, and it's the same scene with a different woman. Baby? Yeah, which I think speaks to the fact that him, he, God, yes. has been making the same mistakes over, over and, and over. Over and over. And, and it's over. interesting because I did look up this director, this director writer slash writer, and him having done other works like The Fountain, 
he really does love this play with the infinite because you just feel like this cycle is going to go on forever. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a great place to end. I say this every week, but this one, <laughs> this one comes from the heart for real because yeah. this movie is near and dear to me. Please do yourself a favor. Go watch mother. And it also comes from the heart and the walls, <laughs> <laughs> doom, doom. which is doom, beating doom. at us right now. <laughs> um, but we love you guys. Um, please. If you have any suggestions, our email we include uh, in this broadcast. So just send them our way. Um, we're on Twitter and Facebook. And thank you so much for joining us at Throwaway Lines. Yes, and we'll see you next week. Watch me. Watch me.